This is the Weekly Note Podcast, hosted by me, Edvardi J. Your headlines. A boating accident gone wrong. An Australian man, famed for saving a group of stranded Tongan teenagers, has died at the age of 90. The final countdown. Derek Chauvin's trial for the death of George Floyd has been concluded. What's next? A troubling past. We talk to a guest on the troubling memories of foster care. And a new beginning. After months of vouching from Jeopardy fans, Sony has made their verdict. What might that be? Find out. All of this and more on the Weekly Nub Podcast. Welcome to the Weekly Note. I'm your host, Edvardi J. Today's Monday, the 3rd of May, 2021. We have some very sad news to share with you in the beginning of this episode. Peter Warner, the Australian man famed for saving a group of Tongan teenagers who were stuck on a remote island back in 1966, has died at the age of 90 in a terrible boating accident. According to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, the 90-year-old died after his yacht capsized during an attempt to cross the Richmond River Bar at Bellina on the New South Wales north coast on the 13th of April. Police said a 17-year-old boy who was on board helped Mr. Warner to shore where a member of the public performed CPR until paramedics arrived. The teenager survived but Mr. Warner did not. After many decades at sea with his yacht Astor, Peter Warner spent his final moments with his yacht at the place they loved the most. In other news, Derek Chauvin's trial is now over, and boy has this been a trial that has been very much anticipated. This trial has also set various historical firsts, becoming one the first trial in Minnesota to be televised live. All of this stems after Chauvin forcefully placed his knee on the neck of George Floyd, ultimately killing him. Now we've seen Republicans refute the wrongdoing of Chauvin by making the claim that the fentanyl in his system, that is, that being George Floyd, killed him. But we all know the truth. He has been charged with second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. Now he is placed in a high-maximum security prison in Minnesota awaiting sentencing. We will come back to you in June after that hearing with more details. Now we segue into a bit of an interesting topic. Apparently, cancel culture is coming for LeBron James after he tweeted a photograph of the officer that killed 16-year-old Makia Bryant last week. Now, people on Twitter are triggered and they're out to take the king off his throne. One user is saying the following. Most of your race-based tweets achieve nothing other than fomenting hate, division, and tribalism. You are a dispenser of racial hate rooted in an ethos of victimology. Strong people overcome the tragic circumstances, as my family and I did when we escaped the Middle East. Another tweet, reply, uh, another reply tweet is, read, reads, You're the one creating more hate in the situation, clown. And the last reply of note um, reads as, I hear you, but please read a book. The system in place was created by the very guy you supported in the presidential election, 
this very big mistake makes you a part of the problem. You can't support the 1994 crime bill author and complain about police brutality. It's one and the same. Now, I have a lot of problems with these three three tweets, but the first one that I want to mention has already been taken care of by a wonderful verified user. Um, we actually had a, the first guy was verified, and we, has, ha, we have another verified user, Kim Hill, who replied to this tweet. It reads as, You are beyond arrogant, ignorant, and have a colonized mind. You may have escaped the Middle East, but the system got your mind all the way out of pocket. Go work on that. Strong people, we as in black people, have redefined strong. Expletive word out of here. Uh, and I think that pretty much sums up my sentiments towards that tweet exactly. By you saying that strong people overcome their tragic circumstances, you're undermining the the things that have been done, the tragic things that have been done to black people. Yeah, strong people overcome their tragic circumstances, but that doesn't undermine the fact that this has been happening for so many years now. Now, the second one that I wanted to discuss is pretty self-explanatory. This person was didn't even put punctuation, so I think the real clown, because you literally um, show no evidence or create an actual statement that will help anyone, you know, understand what's going on. You're just saying calling someone a blatant clown and didn't even use punctuation. It exists for a reason. I cannot stand when people don't use punctuation. Um, anyway, now we go on to the third reply that I wanted to mention here. This one um, brings up the 1994 Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994. I probably said 1994 twice already. Um, this is also known as the Biden Crime Law. And just for a little context, this individual, um, Kimberly Clackkick, if I'm pr pronouncing that correctly, is a formal, for, formal, <laughs> former Congressional Republican nominee in Maryland District 7. And, um, yeah, of course, it's a Republican criticizing Joe Biden with their own baseless claims. And for a bit of context and a bit of information about the 1994 Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act, this was actually done to, um, to put people in jail for violent crimes. It also incorporated the Violence Against Women Act, which also puts... Um, sex offenders and rapists and all that good stuff in jail. Yes, yeah, then-Senator Joe Biden of Delaware and um, then-President Bill Clinton signed this law. So actually, if they want to be completely honest, that 1994 crime bill was a good thing and not a bad thing. So to be completely honest, the the, the police brutality thing there's nothing in there that that can relate the 1994 crime bill to police brutality. There's not there's nothing there. It doesn't make it legal. It doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make anything. So you cannot you cannot blame Joe Biden or the Democratic Party for that stuff. It's the individual policeman who decided to kill that 16-year-old young lady. Now, that young lady was wielding a knife and was threatening to stab another person. So, 
I, um, for, for the police, they might have done what they thought was protecting the public. Now, they didn't have to shoot her to death. That was a bit unnecessary. But they were trying to protect the other person. Um, so, in that sense, I believe that they, they kind of did what they were supposed to do, albeit in the wrong way. Alright, I've waffled on for long enough. Cancel culture has officially got to the point where we can't even do anything without the Twitter mob witch-hunting you. Now, don't get me wrong, accountability is fine. We need accountability, especially from major figures such as celebrities. But cancel culture isn't about accountability now, is it? It's unnecessary hating with baseless nonsense. Everyone loved LeBron James before, and now all of a sudden we're supposed to believe that he's causing division of race and all. You've got to be kidding me. The woke mob has such a disgusting yet powerful hold on us, and it's baffling. And I regret to inform you that the initial interview with the Slash 5 that was supposed to air today will not be happening. It was cancelled, and hopefully it will be coming out next week. So, I'll get back to you on that. Alright, now we go on to the last segment of today's episode of The Weekly Note. And it goes over to the U.S. game show of Jeopardy. Now, following the death of Alex Trebek on the 8th of November, 2020, we've seen a rotation of guest hosts like from journalists like Katie Couric and CNN's um, Anderson Cooper, all the way to a football player of all. But there's one person that people have been rooting for, and that's the host of Reading Rainbow, Levar Burton. Now, people have been vouching for this since the news of Alex Trebek's death broke out. I personally would like to see Ken Jennings as the host, but that's just my opinion. But, this we've gotten some breaking news in the past couple of days. Sony has officially announced that Levar Burton, as well as CNN's Anderson Cooper, and many others, will be hosting Jeopardy. We also have a couple, I mean, I'm sorry, not hosting, guest hosting Jeopardy. We also have had a couple of, um, a bit of controversial choices. For example, Dr. Oz, the spreader of all misinformation. But, you know, um, we've had a lot of support coming from these um, these people on Twitter supporting Levar Burton. A couple of people are spectacle. A bit um, of the um, the new guest host lineup, but majority of them are very happy, and that is nice to see. Um, it's very nice to see at least some heartwarming news that Sony has been listening to the petitions that have been going on for various months now. And that is the end of today's episode of the Weekly Note Podcast with me, Edvardy J. Um, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week on Monday. Till next.